Somewhere in the woods of Deep Barren, a woman and her sons live in isolation. When they come out, it's for one reason only. Now let's see what you brought mother. Some say she spoiled her boys. Some say she drove them mad. No one who found out has lived to tell. Darlings, you have made your mother very guys ready yeah hey listeners we're back this is chewing the scenery horror movie podcast you've got three friends in a shed at the bottom of a garden talking about a horror movie or several and uh not professional critics gonna spoil the main attraction gonna try not to spoil the uh recently watched outside of that anything goes if you listen to our last episode with Nicholas Brendan, you know anything goes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and eventually, Will, you're going to listen to it, I'm sure. Yes. But, Hello, uh, Nicholas. Yeah. Hey, thanks for being on the show. I, I suppose there are some people who just checked in for that episode, and they're like, wow, these microphones are terrible. It picks up everything. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. So. We should do a, a fun drive. You know, we should. To have people fund us to get better microphones well high-tech ones with the little windscreen yeah mainly these are um yeah hear the wind we're out on the moors <laughs> we really are uh before i forget to say this thank you to the moon rays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show uh you can find their music digitally on itunes or amazon and if you want to say hi on facebook they are the moon dash rays now um, yeah, these, these mics are dynamics and they should be condensers. So condenser mics pick up just your face and dynamics pick up motorcycles and chimpanzees and helicopters and all the crap. Screaming that's... babies. Yeah. <laughs> Denver's full of. Stumble, Don't move here. Stumbling crackheads. I think if anybody were here visiting today, they wouldn't want to move here. Because of the weather? It's the middle of May and it's cold. Yeah. It's rainy. Well... Not last year, but the year before was all of May was cold and rainy. Remember? Yeah, we had that hailstorm that destroyed a mall. Yeah, that was pretty stunning. So, yeah, go Denver. Don't move here. <laughs> yeah, tourism fine. Go ahead. Um, since we were doing this last, uh, let's see, we had we had Nicholas Brendan. Before that, it was Will and myself and Brian. Uh, and so it's been a few episodes for you, Julian. Yeah, Welcome it's back. It's quite flattering that 
you had to get in a green beret and a dog to replace me. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian actually is a tank mechanic, is but he? yeah, he, he wasn't in the green berets. But... Oh, I thought he'd sit oh, okay. No, that, that was Luke. That was Luke. Okay. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. yeah. Brian carried a gun and a wrench. A wrench. And a lot of other things, I'm sure. Did they even carry guns? Bolt cutters. <laughs> he carried, yeah. He, he carried, carried bolt cutters. Just we like a motorcycle. That. Yeah. Rode around though. Because Boo Boo made him do it. Yeah. Or Yogi. I don't know which one. Sounds like you had a stroke while you were telling that story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a bunch of nonsense partial sentences. You haven't heard that story on the next to last episode. Yeah. (laughs) Make no sense. Yeah, what movie were we talking about? Uh, The Ritual. The Ritual. The Ritual. Yeah, Yeah, listen to The Ritual if you want to know what the hell we're talking about. (laughs) So um, I went to Nashville. I was home for two days and then went to Vegas um, and you gambled like a fool. I was going to say. Oh, man. You won, did uh, you spend all the makings from Nashville in Vegas? No. Gambled them away? <laughs> I, have, I have a good All st- the earnings. <laughs> I have a good story for you about that. Payroll for yeah. the screen print company. <laughs> well, I, I actually... Do you want me to just tell the Vegas story real quick here? Yeah, sure. tell the... Okay. If there's a Vegas story, although... Starring Vincent Price. Can you tell stories <laughs> from Vegas? You're not supposed to, I guess. Okay, so maybe you should say this happened in Nashville. I, you want to know how much money I blew in Vegas? All of it? A dollar. A dollar? Yeah. I, I made t- about 32 cents, though. Well, yeah, 32 so cents. It works out at 68 cents but then in I the did, red. I couldn't figure out what to do with the with the voucher ticket for 32 cents, so I stuffed it back in the machine. You won 32 cents off I, a dollar? Yeah, so, you know, I understand now how they build everything there. Yes. You know, people lose their entire life savings, and somebody like me loses whatever the difference is. I'm not doing math here. I worked with a guy who only gambled once um, at a little, like, convenience store somewhere in Nevada. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, had some change left over from his coffee, put it in the machine, um, pulled the handle and he won like $500 or something. Wow. And that was the only time he gambled. But <laughs> so he, he's up 400 and something. Yeah. 499 something. Wow. Well, and I can tell you the reason I didn't say, all right, I'm going to do like five bucks or 20 bucks or whatever. And when it's gone, it's gone. And if I win something, I keep it. Uh, The buttons on the machine didn't make any damn sense to me. They said all these things and it's like you're supposed to select this and this and then hit the start button. I'm like, I don't understand what those mean. I think it means like if you put a dollar in, you can just play penny at a time and just hit the thing a hundred different times. Mm. And if you sit on that machine long enough, then someone brings you a free drink and you're like, yay, I got a free drink. I'd rather just go buy my own damn drinks. Um, I lost more money at Benihana than I did uh, on the slot machines or anything. Oh, also roulette table made no damn sense. I tried to watch and make sense of what those spaces mean. Nothing. I got nothing. So I could never figure out Kino. No, that doesn't make any it sense. It made, never made any sense. No. I, I uh, was a little kid in Vegas. My folks lived there. And we would go eat sometimes, you know, prime rib or something. Mm-hmm. Or even the cafeterias. They all have Kino games because everything has to have gaming. Right. Uh, even the grocery stores. Instead of the little kid gumball machines, they'd have like slot machines out there. Right. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, Kino never made any sense as a no. kid. It was like, I don't no. I don't have any idea how you play this game. I'm not even sure I remember how to play Rummy or War or any of those, like, War's go, go fish. Yeah. Uh, Cards Against Humanity, I can make sense I'm of that. terrible on card game rules, remembering them. Mm-hmm. So we were there to set up a permanent showroom for the brand. Um, and the idea was, okay, scout it out, see what it's like, measure it, mark it, you know, decide what fixtures to buy. And my idea was bring all the product. It'll fit in four suitcases. You know, you're, you're allowed yeah. four giant suitcases. So I thought, well, let's at least deliver everything. And if any's broken, then we could replace it. And then that turned into this woman was selling movable walls uh, because she wasn't going to use them in her new spot. And the people who are sort of spearheading the whole permanent showroom for 10 vendors or whatever it is, um, they were... It's at the World Market Center, by the way, which is gigantic. It's three giant towers. Well, it is for the world. Yes, it is. It's for the whole world, <laughs> and it's in Vegas. Um, and uh, so it, it ended up that we bought all the shelves and, and towel bars and fixtures and everything and, and painted the movable walls, sanded them, painted them, set them up, painted the column that goes all the way to the ceiling and set up towel bars on it. And it's all ready to go for the for the show that's in a couple months nice and uh and there was no pool time and there was no uh floor shows or strippers or champagne or drugs or limos or anything uh which you know of course was the reason i was really going instead uh on the last day heading down the elevator um to eat before heading you know over to the showroom one more time and then off to the airport uh i said well at least we got the soothing sounds of Barry Manilow. <laughs> and this really fit-looking guy in the elevator said, that's my boss. Oh. <laughs> and I said, well, he's really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. I, I hope you're all having fun. Because <laughs> it was the hotel that he was performing. Oh, at. okay. Yeah. So he's doing one last yeah, run. One last run. And then he's done. Almost Forever? Yeah, he's it? retiring, I guess. Wow. Yeah. But, sure. Man. Yeah. He, Barry Manilow is the best at being Barry Manilow. No one else does what he does. <laughs> So I got to hand it to him and he's very self-aware of it. So that's all I got for that. Nashville was pretty cool. I did see um, a couple of people walk through the showroom uh, during hours at, at Walker Stalker Nashville. And uh, a couple of celebrities didn't get Are they rec- walkers or stalkers? They were walkers. They were just walking. Didn't get recognized. A couple of them, at least in the hundred or so feet that I saw them walk. So weird. They walked right past people. And then... Um, Anyway, it, 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 was, it was a decent show, and uh, it was well attended. Uh, Nashville is very friendly. Uh, it's blowing up the way Denver did, so a lot of people moving there. I guess it's the new it city to move to, and that means they're going to have Good. a skyline full of cranes for the next 15 years. Move to Nashville. <laughs> Give it a shot, people. Mm. It's expensive to live there. Oh, and Vegas isn't cheap, by the way, either. No. People used to talk about, oh, yeah, you could go into some of those places and, you know, you they'll comp this and they'll comp that and and uh, these restaurants are all really cheap oh hell no the place is expensive uh that's all i got uh that's not recently watched that's just catching you up on what i did of course nicholas brendan was in the booth in nashville and he's wild and crazy as you may have heard uh from the episode where we where i interviewed him uh he is absolutely wonderful with his fans um 
I watched one woman walking by. I watched the realization go over her face that he was the guy on the poster and looked down and that he was the guy at the table signing autographs. And she started sobbing and fell completely apart. And he, he was very sweet. He came around and hugged her. And Buffy wasn't yeah. that bad of a show. I enjoyed it. I don't know that it would make me cry if I saw one of the performers. And then she started Never slapping seen entertaining him. episodes. Hitting him with her purse. No, it was, Why? it was cool. Why? Well, and he wasn't officially a guest of the show. He was a guest of our booth. So he wasn't on the webpage or any roster of who the celebs were. And, uh, and so he um, he surprised a lot of people. I saw people go, I didn't know you were going to be here. And he goes, surprise, here I am. And he was funny. He was just joking with people and having a good time. And like I said, he's pretty wild and crazy and, and in a good way. Uh, he kept people on their toes. I did lead everyone. In a, he, he was uh, late coming in by maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Uh and I just told the people I thought I better lighten the mood. I said, "Hey, listen!" And I and I got the first, you know, three or four couples that were waiting in line. I said, "When Nicholas uh, approaches, I'll see him from across the room." I said, "When he gets close, I'll lead you in a round of applause. Let's really clap for him." And and I saw him coming, and he got about twenty feet away. And I said, "All right, ready." I started clapping, and everybody started clapping. Big round of applause, really loud. And he goes, oh, stop it. They kept clapping, and he goes, I said stop it! And he screamed at them. So that lightened the mood. They got screamed at, and they laughed, and he laughed. And then, you know. It would be better if he hadn't laughed. Yeah. If he... Everybody slowly realized, this guy's not. He flipped the table and stormed out. <laughs> so no tables got flipped. Uh, all right, so that's all I got from that. Uh, recently watched, Jolian, do you have a list of the length of... Uh, I do, but I'll, I'll skip most of the non-horror stuff. Okay, if you want to tell us... Unless uh, you've got uh, some highlights. Uh, books. Uh, yes. I read the uh, the Land That Time Forgot trilogy, mm-hmm. Ed Grice Burroughs. So the Land That Time Forgot, People That Time Forgot, and Out of Time's Abyss. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, entertaining stuff as always. And... Uh, kind of old-fashioned attitudes in there perhaps a bit maybe <laughs> uh i was surprised to see kazar turns up halfway oh, yeah. through the, the middle book before he became the pulp oh. story hero of marvel yeah in the 40s anyway uh yeah so the, then they, the they just music. ripped him off from yeah, and basically, if you if you know the Marvel character Kazar yeah. as he is now, he's he's basically a Burroughs yeah character. He was always Tarzan of the old world, Antarctic kind of. uh, dinosaur land, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 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 definitely. So if you want to know where he came from, you should go through. Uh, and in, in this, Kazar means uh, danger. I think oh. it's not actually a character, but. Okay. Yeah, that's where he comes from. Anyway, I also read, uh, speaking of Marvel, uh, Captain America Golden Age Omnibus. Oh, nice. Which itself is replete with old-fashioned attitudes. No. And, hmm. uh, and especially as uh, these stories span, uh, the, the, the Kirby Simon run was... 40. Yeah, 1941. Yeah. <laughs> so... Lots yeah, of positive attitudes about Japanese people. Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't get that bad at that point. They have one issue before Pearl Harbor where this uh, there's this covert Japanese operation where there's submarines disguised uh, disguised as a huge dragon, and they attack a harbor out. Uh, you know, to bomb, oh. the, bomb the fleet. Yeah. off of Hawaii. 
Um, and then the, the issue that came out in December, which was obviously prepared back in you know, October or whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's like a letter from Bucky, Captain America's yeah. ward, saying, uh, you know, telling children they should bone up on recognizing plane shapes and being able to spot strange oh. planes flying in. Wow. As promised, <laughs> microphones are picking up the sirens. Uh, anyway, um, and, and it talks about how Joe Simon, the the writer and inker of this story, um, thought of those issues of Captain America as horror comics. Oh, okay. You look at all the villains, they're all like long-fingered, clawed, you know, yeah. whatever their ethnicity, they're, they're grotesques. And, uh, and then, you know, the Red Skull comes out of that. Yeah. Stuff like that. But anyway. Um, Somebody should take your Burroughs book here. Sure. Have a and, read. Uh, no, no. I mean, not this copy, obviously, but go through and like mark out every fifth line and you could say it was from William S. Burroughs. Oh. So you could have a cut-up novel <laughs> of the time forgot. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned Yongari on the last episode. Yes. You were on. So that's the uh, Blu-ray of the... Oh, there he is. 67 version. Uh, yeah, okay. Because Richard 67. hadn't seen it yet, and it's got one... Of, it's probably the most grotesque death of a giant monster on on the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> he, kind of, he kind of pees himself. He, he lets his bladder go, doesn't he? Oh, that's right. Oh, weird. It's pretty gross. And then this is the, uh, they made a, a CG version a few years ago, uh, which is not very good at all. Uh, the 67 one is very entertaining. I really like the uh, the models in this one, in the 67 yeah. one. They did a really good job. Young Gary. Uh, young Gary. <laughs> the story of a young Gary. <laughs> it's a prequel to Glen Gary, Glen Ross. <laughs> anyway, uh, I got the um, Blu-ray set of all the Paramount uh, Friday Thirteenth series. Oh yeah. So since uh, I've upgraded, would you like to do a quiz? We sure. Could, we I, could, I entitle yeah. Four Steps to Kevin Bacon." Oh right. All right. So for <clears throat> Friday the Thirteenth, um, complete with lenticular cover. Ooh. Um, question. Name one other or Argonaut. <sighs> Apart from Jason. Wow. I got nothing. <laughs> Jeff? Jeff the Argonaut. That would be a good name for an Argonaut. Wouldn't it? No. Oh, God. Why can't I think of any Argonauts? Uh, think of a really strong Greek hero. Oh, yeah. Hercules. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the lenticular cover. Listen. All right. Four. Friday's 13th, part two. Also the lenticular cover. Ooh. All right. Um, number two. So we're going from one to two. All right. Name two Jason actors. Ooh. Uh, uh, Corey Feldman. Oh, hey, yes. You're and, right. And uh, he pretended to be. Kind of dressed up, but yeah, it wasn't actually Jason. No, he wasn't. But but he did dress as Jason and pretend to be him. Yeah. <laughs> so he was an actor acting to be an actor <laughs> acting as Jason. Uh, uh, I don't know any of the other Jasons. All right. 
Um, you can't name one Jason? I can name two Jasons. All right. Kane Hodder. Yep. Yep. Kane Hodder was one. Uh, Derek Mears. Yeah. There you go. All right. There Project we go. Theme. Part two. Right. Ah. Part two. All right. Ooh. So far, so good. Will, this could turn out good for you, though. All right. Three. D? We have Friday the Think Part Three in 3D. Three double Does it D. really yeah. have Drink glasses? Glasses. I, I'll I'll bring you glasses if you need. Um, so, 1993 was the release of Evil Dead Three: Army of Darkness. Which Friday film contains the Necronomicon? Ooh. Which Friday the Thirteenth film contains the Necronomicon? Hmm. <laughs> it's not Jason X. Because you would have remembered that. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. Will? <laughs> also known as your uh, new favorite Jason Is it movie. Friday versus Jason? No. Uh, okay. It's not the first one. I'm sure it's not the second one. Well, no, I'm not sure it's not the second one. I haven't watched that one in a while. Uh, the third? Hmm. All right. I'll give you a clue. It's also from 1993. Okay. Wow. Uh, oh, I know which one it is. Part eight? No, no, no. no. Oh. Jason Goes to Hell. Yes. Yeah. Really oh. good. Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. There's right. the uh, the Book of the Dead is cool. in that movie. You're going to still win. Really? You're All right. Will, you're going to still win Number because four. I got these okay. on one. Who has played Jason Voorhees five time, four times? This is all you. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to, I was thinking it was Kane Hodder. Yeah, uh, okay. Was it? Kane Hodder. Man, I'm killing it. There you go. Right on. <clears throat> yeah. So here's the good news for you, Will. I'm I'm either going to... Um, you want to... How about you upgrade here? This could be an upgrade for me. And uh, I'll keep the box set. Yeah, I've got, I've got the... Because uh, you lent me the box set. Oh, you have it? Yeah. Okay. I have one through four, I think, or whatever. Yeah. Cool. All okay. right. Because you yep. lent it to me for part three. That's what it was. recently for our Don't Go Into the Woods episode. Okay. So you have that one. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so this is me now. I'll, I'll whip through the movies then. Uh, in order of seeing them, uh, Winchester from this year. Okay. About the this, Winchester this, like, mansion. Came and went pretty fast. Yes. It made, made a bit of money. A lot of people were bagging on it. What did you think? Uh, well, so this is directed by Michael and Peter Spierig, who did Jigsaw. Oh. Which is, I didn't like. Which was not well received, and you didn't like it either. No. But this one's got Helen Mirren and Jason Clarke and Bruce Spence from Mad Max 2. He was Gyro. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's filmed mostly in uh, Australia. Uh, so you don't buy it it's in America at all, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. But the mansion looks really good, uh, except when it's obviously CG. Yeah. Uh, it's beautifully shot beautifully shot you know and it's just stuffed with you know production design um but it it really uh settles for jump scares mm. uh i find the actual history of the winchester house more interesting have you been to it uh no but i'd like to I go have. it's like have near too. san diego isn't it it's in los gatos i think it's, uh, san jose near los san jose, san jose. That's it, yeah. That's it. yeah um uh, the, the characters have interesting character flaws and stuff, but and it's a good cast, but um, it just I, I I just lost track of it after a while. It's just it's just not interesting. Mm. Um, anyway, um, uh, Le Vampire Nui, 
or Nuit. The Nude Vampire? Yeah, The Nude Vampire, Jean Roland, 1969. This looks really good. Yeah. Uh, I think it's one of his better ones. Have you seen it? Yeah. No, I think it's, I on, it's on Shudder. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Lots of girls in hot pants and negligee <laughs> and short skirts wandering around in the night. You know, Sounds fantastic. Uh, you know what you get from Jean Roland movies. Uh, I, I was watching this and I was thinking, I, I'd really like to see this with uh, recut with a Vidalamenti soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Because there's always like, especially towards the end, there's always dimensional travel through heavy velvet curtains and things yeah. like that. And oh. Like enigmatic people slowly looking at things. And uh, yeah, it just felt, you know, it's kind of Lynchian. Like this may have influenced Lynch. You never know. Yeah, um, it's possible. And this this shows a lot of influence of uh, there, there's a director named uh, Louis Fouillard who who is a big influence on um, like European horror. Uh, he did all these series uh, back in you know, silent days. So oh okay, you know during the First World War, he was making like uh, Fantomas and uh, Les Vampires. Oh okay, yeah, know, where um, Vivette comes from and yeah uh, yeah. So there's a lot of influence of that. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that one. Uh, one of his better ones. Uh, uh, the Demons of Ludlow, 1983, Bill Rabane. Oh, mm. Bill Rabane. Yeah. <laughs> Giant spider invasion. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to call Finest this one. Finest film to come out of Wisconsin. <laughs> I, I wanted to call this one The Slog because it's like <clears throat> this remake of The Fog, but really, really, really slow. As a, it's cursed. They keep calling it a piano, but it's actually a harmonium. Uh, which which is which is returned to Ludlow on its bicentennial, and uh, so these ghosts turn up and they have a hit list of ancestors to knock off. Hmm. And uh, there's there's color gels in it, so some of the scenes are better looking than than most other Rebane films I've seen. Um, uh, and and uh, I watched it on Shudder, and it seems to be a transfer off video. It's pretty poor oh. uh, copy. Uh, head rolls. Uh, the mayor gets his head chopped off by one of the ah the uh, uh, ghosts. Um, when when the ghosts turn up, they look like they're doing um, like a reenactment <laughs> thing uh, in like a historical society or something. Oh. It's just like these non-actors dressed up in period costume in a gymnasium. Ooh. Uh, anyway, uh, don't recommend that one really. I'm gonna uh, watch it. Yeah, Sadako versus Kayako. That, uh, that was quite fun. Is I, I was expecting it to be played for for laughs. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. minded it. It's sort of Abbott and Costello end to the series, but it, <laughs> it was uh, it was played pretty straight. Where they they get the you know the ghost finally have a fight in it. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a uh, it kind of varies the the myth of the cursed video thing. Um, changes it to two days instead of seven days, as I recall. Yeah. Um, I wasn't going to watch this one and didn't. Uh, the Duan scenes have a, there's a couple of twists on the catapult cat gag. <laughs> uh, there's a, yeah, most of it's played straight, but the, the second exorcist who turns up halfway through is, re, is he's a really like manga esque character. Yeah. Uh, and he even looks like a uh, Dylan dog. So, he, so oh, I okay. guess he looks like a Fermetti character as well. Yeah. Um, there's a superb thing at the end i won't spoil but if you're a lovecraft fan you're you're really like it. it it's like you see it and you're like what is that and then it kind of is gone before you figure out what you're looking at nice oh, it's, it's sweet uh yeah so like that one um also on shadow 
And then I watched the uh, Psycho 1998 re- shot for shot remake. Do, uh, Gus Van Sant. Do uh, tell. How did you like it? This is uh, this is really nice looking. It's photographed by Christopher Doyle, who does a lot of the uh, martial arty movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I thought it was a it was, you know an interesting experiment actually. Sure. Uh, you know, experiments don't have to be produce successful. something to be a good experiment. Yeah. Um, no, you got uh, Vince Vaughn, Anne Hesch, Viggo Mortensen, uh, William H Macy, Julianne Moore, Robert Forster. You know, it's a good cast, um, uh, and they're able to do things with the camera that Hitchcock. It kind of looks like he was heading for that direction, but he couldn't quite do it. So, like, yeah. there's the fly eye shot at the start, where it like flies across the city uh, and goes into yeah. the window, and it like actually goes through the window, uh, and you know, goes under the open window and into the room. Yeah, right, from a kind of helicopter shot um and there's there's a bit more nudity uh there's a bit more explicitness like where um norman actually jerks off when he's looking through the the spy oh, hole yeah um there's uh uh there's more of uh the twisting camera pulling away from the the eye, oh, the the eye. Yeah. yeah um so yeah I thought it, was, it, was, it was more enjoyable than i was expecting huh uh yeah it's worth checking out i think Okay. Um, For anyone who hasn't watched it, they should give it a look. Rick Baker worked on The Mom. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. I, I think most people agree that it was unnecessary to do it. Yeah, it, it's like a $20 million experiment. Yeah. Um, which produced something kind of, oh, that was interesting. Something relatively <laughs> identical, um, but not exactly. Yeah. And in color. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Did they use the um, uh, Bernard Herrmann composition? Uh, yeah, it's uh, composition. And Danny Elfman like re, he he did the score, but using the original score. Like every name attached to this uh, is, they, is somebody you want to uh, see or Joseph hear. Joseph Sternberg wrote, uh, updated his script, so the, okay. the the sums of money they're dealing with is adjusted m- multiples of the original and not forty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's something like four hundred thousand now. And, okay. And uh, the. the uh, they got the, the guy who worked on the original graphics to not not Saul Bass, but oh okay, uh, I forget his name, but he he worked on you know they did this kind of color version of the opening oh. graphics. And oh okay, stuff like that, so. yeah. Uh, Does it still end with a shot of a license plate? It the end fade over. It's a little different. It it continues. The shot continues ah. from when the when, when the car comes out. Yeah. That's not really a spoiler, is it? No. Yeah, it, it just cranes back, and and then it looks over the landscape. So you're looking past the pond, oh, and you're okay. looking to where the road goes out to the new highway. Oh, okay. And it, and it kind of lingers there. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Huh. Um, all right, uh, Harlequin. This is another one of those Australian pictures from like a 1980, uh, aka Dark Forces, and a bunch of other titles. Uh, this is directed by uh, uh, Simon uh, Windsor, who, who did uh, Snapshot and Free Willy. Um, and Robert Powell is in it, and David Hemmings is in it. You know, it's one of those okay. Australian movies they did at the time. And, yeah. Um, so, Robert, this is basically the Rasputin story. Oh, okay. Set in the like high society of Australia. So, um, uh, David Hemmings is this politician named uh, Nicholas Rast. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Rast being an anagram of a czar. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, Broderick Crawford is in there. They they did want Austin Wells in there, but oh, couldn't do it. Um, he wouldn't fly to Australia, right? 
they should have promised him like a restaurant full of food or <laughs> a bathtub full of booze. <laughs> um, I should warn you, two dogs get shot. Ah, oh. uh, so anyway, the the basic story is uh, this this that's uh, just a typical Australian film. A uh, magician turns up and inveigles his way into this rich family, and he appears to cure their son of uh, terminal illness, and uh, he does he can perform with all these other seemingly miraculous things, and Neat. Uh, yeah, and he gets too deep into the family for other people's interests, and they. Mm. Turn on him. Does it turn up bad for him? It, yeah, like Rasputin. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed that. Um, nice. What was that called? Dark Forces or yeah, Dark Forces? Harlequin? I think it's listed as Harlequin on Shutter. Okay. Oh, good. It's on Shutter. I'll have to check it out. Uh, La Fille de Dracula, 1972. Jess Franco. Ooh. <laughs> uh, uh, so this is a uh, Carmen Yazalde. It was uh, amazing looking as always, you know, the, the 1972, mm-hmm. early 70s Franco movies. I mean, you know, yeah. Beautiful women in them. Uh, so this is another of his uh, lesbian vampire films. Uh, there's a nightclub strip act scene, the same castle that you see in Erotic Rites of Frankenstein. Right. You know, all this, all your familiar cast. Sure. Uh, Jess Franco plays Cyril Jefferson. Uh, Cyril, Cyril Jefferson. Howard Vernon plays Dracula <laughs> slash Count Karlstein. And he never leaves his coffin. I mean, he gets to do a sit-up now and then, but he never ah. gets out. Um, you know, that, that, was, that was an easy check. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, it's like I have two ways to just film me in here. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 was, that was right. I mean, um, all right, Call Me By Your Name, which is like one of the award winners from last year. Yeah. Uh, so I, um, I mentioned this here because this is from uh, Luca uh, Guadagnino, who who who's who did uh, Bigger Splash, but he's he's done the Suspiria remake. Oh, so I watched this one as well. This has got a really good cast in it: Arnie Hammer, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Uh, they're really great. Um, uh, it's got a good ideal view of gay love. It's you know idyllic North Itali- Italian posh. Yeah, you know, old buildings and. Mm. vineyards and old towns and uh you know it, it's really pretty um there's uh uh but <laughs> we were like two hours and just over two hours into it and emily goes nothing's happening <laughs> it's basically like there's summer and these is these two guys meet and they eventually fall in love yeah and that's it that's about it so so they're walking through fields and and splashing around in pools and yeah and eventually see so what what I was uh, kind of disappointed by it uh, they eventually go to bed and then it pans away to a window oh and looks out the trees and I thought how many years is it since a straight movie romance movie had to do that yeah pan oh. away to a fireplace I was gonna or say something. that's a forties trick right there. yeah oh yeah and I I, th- I thought well, this is the guy who's doing Suspiria. Suspiria, it's full on. Uh, this has to be done by someone who's... Is, you've got to have passion and obsession yeah. on the screen to do that. And you can do it differently, but it has to be... Yeah. 
full barrel, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go for it. You know, you can't be shy. Yeah, being shy is ridiculous right now because, you know, it's not like they're showing some sort of uh, exploitive uh, rough trade kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be a love story. So why don't they just show the guys yeah. being in love? So, uh, uh, you know, I was kind of, hmm, that made me wonder. Uh, it's, it's probably going to look good because these films always look good, but. Uh, so you've got pretty posh people in the Mediterranean subgenre. Mediterranean poshos. Towards Mediterranean poshos. Oh, oh uh, the 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 younger guy. Um, he reads Diabolic comics. Oh yeah. Which made me wish I was watching Diabolic again. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and towards the end, it's like this is like one of the best awarded films of the year. It's like, and Emily was saying like nothing's going on. Uh, there's this really terrible CG snow. Mm. <laughs> And then, and then the last shot, which lingers for a long time, you're watching this a close up of this guy's face, and it's supposed to be winter. Yeah. And this housefly comes along and starts crawling around him. <laughs> In the winter. Why didn't you do another take on that? Hmm. Yeah. Or CG that fly out of there. Maybe the. I don't know. I mean, even in, I mean, this is Italy, but yeah, dead of winter. I don't yeah. think so. Uh, anyway. Um, right, uh, one off uh, Netflix, uh, The Last Shift from 2014, Anthony D. Blasi, uh, stars Juliana Harkavy, who's um, Alicia in The Walking Dead, mm. and she's Black Canary on the Arrow series. Okay, it's really good. Uh, The Last Shift, uh, uh yeah, check it out. It's, it's a good, um, if you're gonna do a horror movie and you don't have much money, you know, get a good. Uh, the photography's good. Um, the yeah. the lead can carry the whole movie. She's really good, and really small. Keep the small cast for most of the time. Yeah, and it, and it's most of it's sound design. Nice. Uh, it's got some good inventive uh, little chills in it. Love a good low budget horror yeah. movie. So, so it's kind of like um, the setup is similar to sort of Precinct Thirteen. Okay. It's not a yet another Carpenter homage. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she's a rookie who's posted at this police station which is just closing down so nobody's there yeah and uh, everything's in boxes nobody's supposed to turn up but of course weird things start happening and and, Uh. and you you quickly realize it's supernatural oh okay um but uh yeah yeah check it out Um, all right that's pretty good and i watched the monkey king and monkey king 2 they were really fun uh spectacular you know the uh, first one stars Donnie Yen as the monkey and, and Chow Yun-Fat as Jade Emperor. The CG in the first one is pretty dodgy. It's like, yeah, it's more Justice League than Infinity I... War, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's got Christopher Young soundtrack. Uh, it's, 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 it's fun. You know, this is the most spectacular part of the monkey story where he like shows his kingdom and he goes to heaven and causes havoc in heaven. And yeah. there's armies of demons and angels. And there's a scene where it's kind of basically King Kong versus the Balrog. Uh, so it is fun, but the CG is like, what is this? And the second one is much better. Um, you know, all round, they've got more room. Yeah. Uh, Summer Hung did action direction. Uh, Gong Li is this beautiful. Uh, she's this like, uh, called the uh, the white bone demon uh and she she looks like goth goddess wow just looks amazing oh cool um yes yeah, I, I checked the second one out uh, definitely uh revolt of the zombies 1936 oh nice Vic, victor halperin who also did uh white zombie from oh, okay. so they wanted to repeat the success of white zombie right 
Revolt of the Zombies, the first 10 minutes, really interesting, and it's really historically significant uh, in terms of zombie subgenres. Okay. Because uh, this is like, uh, this is that your first um, military use of zombies. Mm. First idea of uh, like non-voodoo zombies. Uh, first idea of a, like a zombie apocalypse going on that can affect the world instead of just uh, wow. plantation. Just um, and you've got like zombies on the, the uh, Franco-Austrian front briefly. After those 10 minutes, they go to uh, the, uh, the, um, the, the French, the, the white generals are so terrified that this non-white person's got all this power to bring back the dead and use them as soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> they want to put away in a box forever and they want a mission sent over to Cambodia to find the, uh, the, the spells uh-huh. And just destroy it, just wipe this out. Yeah, and uh, they they, uh, they explicitly say that the the this could be the end of the white race. All right. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know where they're coming from. Uh, this stars Dean Dean Jagger, who's in um, White Christmas and X the Unknown, and Dorothy Stone and Bella Lugosi's eyes make oh. a cameo whenever they want to show like uh, they when they pan across the army of zombies. They have like. His eyes are superimposed over it. Oh, that's oh, great. Just lifted from White Zombie. Yeah. I'm sure he wasn't paid for no. it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, yeah, he's, he's sent over to Angkor Wat to, to find the zombie secret. Uh, it's really dull. It's, it's got, like, a love triangle in it. It's like, who cares? And um, uh, Yeah, it's pretty. It's a bit of a slog. Uh, Tero Shimada is in it. He's, he's, like, a, he's in tons of stuff. Um, he was in uh, You Only Live Twice and War of the Worlds and The Snow Creature. Um, anyway, uh, so so if you're into the zombie genre and zombie sub-genres, watch the first 10 minutes and, and, and then, then go do something yeah, else. Do something else. Uh, yeah, and then I, I watched uh, these Mother movies. Mother. Yeah. All right. Will, how about you? Uh, who could remember after all that? So you watched Carnival of Souls? Uh, yeah, a while ago. Uh, um, what did we watch? We watched mostly the Americans lately. Right. Uh, we're all caught up. It's the last season. Um, it's, uh, nerve-wracking, as always. Yeah. Uh, then we watched a movie last night, since we've run out of Americans, called The Noonday Witch. The Noonday Witch. Which I, which, <laughs> uh, I believe was Polish. I've never seen a Polish film, but. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, well, no, I was going to say Kozlowski, but he's, he was the director of his French films, but never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was all right. Uh, I don't know. It's a hot summer in a little Polish village that this lady moves to um, with her daughter. It's her husband's. Uh, hometown and her daughter's about seven she's not told her daughter that dad is dad um i don't know uh had a kind of neat monster briefly in the middle but um i don't know that i could recommend it uh and then what else did we watch um uh carnival of souls no i watched I've watched all these a while ago. Oh, well, we watched Deep Dread for Mother's Day. Oh, nice. And then we watched Mother's Day. <laughs> but, uh, yes, Deep Dread has a mom in it. I won't spoil mm. more than that. 
A lot of uh, movies have a mom in it. That's not yeah, a spoiler. Yeah, a lot of Argentine yeah. movies have moms in it. I wonder why. <laughs> How was the rewatch of Deep Red? I'm assuming you've seen it before. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. And that copy is beautiful. It's the arrow. Awesome. Blue it red. is. It looks so good. Yeah. You know. Um, Argento's getting his due, finally, as far as like making the good stuff look good. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. The, his Dracula 3D. Holy <laughs> shit. Man, that looks so good. I thought that Praying Mantis was there in the room with me. Yeah. When I saw it. Um, I think I covered everything else. And, and Deep Red. Oh, and Deep Red. Um, oh, I remember what else. Uh, we went Sunday, last Sunday, to watch uh, Sunset Boulevard on the big oh, screen. Wow. How was that? It was fantastic. Where was I've it? seen that movie three times now, and it gets better every time I've watched <laughs> it. Where was it playing? Uh, the Pavilions. The Pavilions. Uh, although the aspect ratio was like, whatever television is mm-hmm. three, three four four. Mm-hmm. four three four three whatever yeah, four three it was a rec it was a slightly slightly rectangular square yeah um looked fantastic um you know uh i love that period of billy wilder's <laughs> career um i really want them to bring out double indemnity on the big screen oh, that'd be cool yeah hmm. or ace in the hall we get the uh, theme tune of this song uh, show from mm-hmm. one of his films from then. Oh yeah, yeah, Mancini. Mm-hmm. Um, Experiment in Terror. Oh okay. So um, um, so yeah, that was a that was it for you. That was a big one. Well, see. did either of you uh, see on Netflix that they've got that um, four part docu series called Evil Genius? No, I've thought about watching it i've heard of it elsewhere um it's about the collar bomb yeah i'm one episode into it is it good uh yeah it's i mean the 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 approach is really good i mean they they do they do tell you the story in uh in a good way that story's nuts it's if you haven't heard it before i haven't so i don't really know how it turns out so I, i i remember vaguely hearing something in the news about this and i didn't catch who did it, how they did it, how it all went down. So it's going to be nice for me because I don't know. Oh, okay. The guy might have done it to himself for all I know. Um, so that whole Mad Bomber thing, uh, that was the most recent thing I watched. Um, before that, I'm going to work backward on this. Okay. Guess, now that I've done that. Um, I did watch like six or seven episodes of Buffy, mostly that were very Xander-centric. <laughs> Getting ready, because I really wanted, like I said, like, is this just me being a dick? And I want to be fair. And I went back and watched just to see, like, could I really put my finger on it? What what was it I thought was Chandlerific about, you know, uh, Xander as he went along? And there really wasn't anything there. I mean, other than the fact that they were, you know, approximate, you know, size, body type, hair color, age, whatever, you know. But, Will, when you listen, you'll hear... uh, Nicholas talk about when uh, when Matthew Perry came over to his apartment. And there were no glasses. There were said. no cups. No cups. You mean you have no cups? <laughs> so, in, yeah, in a roundabout way, I did get him to imitate Chandler. Which, oh, nice. Which was kind nice. of funny. And we, and we were kind of on the way back to the, uh, to the uh, convention floor. We were kind of going back and forth with, you know, Chandlerisms. And... Uh, yeah, that whole intonation thing just became like, I, where did that come from? And and 
how did it not catch on with anyone else? It seemed like only the other characters on Friends would do it to make fun of him. Uh, anywho, uh, so that there was that. Um, uh, somewhere around that same time, I rewatched probably about the first 30 or 40 minutes of It Follows. And I, I was like, oh, this is amazing, except for I know kind of the focus and the thrust of what's happening here. It doesn't work as well once you know the trick. Yeah. It's so it, it's still beautiful. It still works. Uh, it's just like, damn it, I know. And this isn't as effective on me. Mm. Uh, it doesn't take anything away from the movie. The movie is still awesome. But uh, it's still beautiful looking and every, yeah. everything about it. Uh so I, I do recommend a rewatch. It, you'll see it with different eyes for sure, knowing what it is, what, yeah. what it is and why it follows. Uh, Snatch. Rewatched Snatch. Have not watched Guy this Ritchie. thing. Yeah. Yeah. When Brian was here, we watched that because neither one of us, well, he'd seen it more recently than I had, but uh, I hadn't watched the thing in probably 10 years. Yeah. And I was very happy with it on the rewatch. I was thinking, Oh, this isn't going to hold up. I'm kind of worried about that as we're watching it and it holds up. I like it a lot. And that super stylized guy, Richie thing. I'm mm -hmm. ready for him to come back with it. You know, don't change a thing. Do it the way you do it. Guy Richie. <laughs> uh, you can even stuff a Madonna song in there, you know, like, like you, like you tend to do. And then, uh, the reason I'm working backward more than anything is to get to Psycho 2, which is another mother movie. Mm. And we were going to do this when everything got kind of shaken up. We were going to talk about uh, a Psycho movie or a mother-centric movie. We're talking about mother's movies for Mother's Day. Right. And now that it's past Mother's Day, we should be talking about Memorial Day movies or something. <laughs> but Father's Day uh, movies. Psycho 2. Uh, I didn't... This was a shot-for-shot shot remake, Gus Van Sant's. <laughs> Psycho 2. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, so it's got... Uh, Maybe every 10 years they should do a shot-for-shot shot remake of Psycho with a different yeah. director. Yeah, I would like that. Jordan Peele's Psycho. Hey, that might be interesting. John, yeah. John Crick for Lucy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. He's popular right now, right? So For the right reasons, right? All the right reasons. Jeez. I, I just... Stop. I hope this is it. I hope there's nothing else going to get ruined by this. Uh, I, so, I've not heard about that. Has he, he done something? Oh, yeah. He's been outed as... He's been outed as being something of a uh, lecherous old man who... Uh, kind of held women back in, yeah. in animation oh. uh, you know and dated a lot of really young girls yeah. that he tried to pass off as oh she's older than mm. 16 but oh. yeah that's unfortunate hey but you can separate the art from the artist hopefully yes although um, I was I was asking uh, Eugenia last week you know can you if you found out that uh somebody's art is terrible does that reduce the artist in your eyes <laughs> and i was like sometimes you know it's it's and she she used to do belly dancing she's like yeah there's some people who are like oh she's so sweet she's a 
just wonderful person who'd do anything for you, but she's an awful, awful dancer, and <laughs> does sometimes reduce people in your eyes. You have to stop and think, no, she is a really good person. She just has no rhythm. <laughs> so have either of you watched Psycho 2 recently? I watched Psycho 2 maybe a couple years ago. Okay. So I had not seen it since... Oh, God, who knows when. Right. Yeah, I saw it on the big screen. Oh, yeah. really? Wow. Well, this does yeah. this does work way better than I would have thought. Because I saw it probably within a couple of years of its initial release. I probably watched it on VHS as a rental and not since. And I was very pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed it. It uh, had more going for it than what I would have guessed. Yeah. A uh, pretty good cast. You had, uh, of course, Anthony Perkins back as Norman Bates, freshly freshly released from the insane asylum. Um, Vera Miles, of course, uh, reprises her role as um, oh, what's her what's her character's name? I just think of her as Vera Miles. Anyway, she's the the sister of Janet Lee's character, yeah. <laughs> who's the, who's there basically saying, "You can't let this guy loose. This is terrible." Uh, and then she sort of fades into the background and you think, okay, well, maybe that was just it. Maybe that was a cameo. Uh, Robert Loja and Meg Tilly are in this. I think this is an early, well, it's definitely an early role. I don't know if it's a first for Meg Tilly, but she's quite young. Yeah, I uh, think this was her first. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely her breakout as far as being, you know, the female lead. Yeah. Um, the music was composed by Jerry Goldsmith. And it uh, definitely felt like it belonged to the first movie as well. Like I should say that the two are good companion pieces. Um, the interesting one that uh, I didn't remember at all was that Dennis Franz was in it yeah. as uh, Mr. Toomey, the guy who uh, was managing the uh, the Bates Motel, mm. and he had he was he was basically running a, a flea bag flop house. Uh, no tell motel so there was uh, prostitution debauchery drugs and it's like but not serial murder <laughs> see you know that's, that's where norman's an old-fashioned guy he <laughs> likes a good old-fashioned serial murder he doesn't like you know these these smart-ass new kids with their drugs and their sex that's mm. just not okay with him he, he wants the milk and sandwiches Mom followed by murder that. yeah so uh of course he fires him and uh, I don't want to. I really don't want to do spoilers on this mm -hmm. one at all, um, because if it were this week's featured attraction, I I would say, hey, you know, you were it's warned. Dennis Franz, dead mother. <laughs> yeah. Dennis Franz is in a dress at the end, <laughs> looking hot. Look at my yes. <laughs> Actually, they did show his ass. When he was in, was in NYPD Blue. Oh, I thought you were gonna say in Psycho too. It's like I do not remember that. Maybe, maybe he has a writer in his contract. Like I gotta show my ass in this movie. <laughs> they showed him showering in NYPD Blue. I remember it was a big to do. They also said shit on the on the air, and that was a big. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, wow. that didn't really go anywhere. Nobody. We've come a long way. Yeah, they still beep out swear words in this country it's bizarre yeah yeah you know lots of lots of decapitation and that's perfectly yeah. fine britain <sighs> went from not being able to use ninja chainsaw <laughs> massacre on a title to just like throwing the book out to hey, you can say fuck on tv who cares mm -hmm. right 
Well, it's only going to get worse because now we have one of ours in the royal family yeah. as, of, as of today. Right. As we record this. It is this. lovely. It's perfect weather. Yeah. Um, did you spot the Hitchcock cameo? Not in the royal wedding, but in the... Uh, oh, in the royal wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. That was good. Yeah, he's so good. He sneaked that in. Just walking his dogs uh, in the background. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like I read this somewhere. Uh, okay. I'm going to say no, I didn't. All right. I don't is, remember. Is he in a painting? It's a shadow. Oh. In Mother's Room. Okay. So there's his profile mm-hmm. shadow there. Okay. I may have read that, but I don't remember seeing it. Uh, they did a really nice job, though. I want to say that, you know, the set decoration for the old house and for the motel yeah. both worked. Mm-hmm. Um you know, of course, the diner was a different location, but I thought they did a really good job on this. I, I was I was pleased with it. I would say anybody who's who's sort of uh, hesitant like I was, it's like, oh, those the sequels are all crap, right? I don't know how three is, but two, I, I recommend I it. Told them. I've not seen them in quite some time. Yeah. I don't know that I ever saw three. And it's easy for Norman's mother to drive him crazy because it's a short trip. Yeah. You know, from where he's at to crazy again. And... Uh, and of course there's, you know, some plot twists that I won't reveal and that I won't spoil, but I recommend the listeners go check it out. Having said that, um, I think that brings us to, uh, Mother's Day. Mother's Day. I I was unaware of this one. Maybe I've seen. I'd never heard this one before. And it's a trauma movie. Mm, yeah, no. Before trauma. It's, it's trauma before trauma. Trauma only has it because. Kaufman. The... Because Kaufman, he yeah. refused to be. I was wrong. Lloyd right. Kaufman refused to have anything to do with this movie. Oh, so it's Charles. Charles, Charles Kaufman, Kaufman yeah. did this movie, and then it was up for grabs at some point when its studio that produced it went under. So Troma picked it up. Oh, so that's why. Because I was concerned that maybe I had liked a Troma film, which <laughs> I have some trouble with Troma films because. They tend to be too wink, wink. They're too goofy. They're too goofy. Although I do still like Surf Nazis Must Die. (laughs) (laughs) Mainly for the title and the poster. The title and the poster. (laughs) Yeah. And the uh, hero. So, Jolien, you brought this one to us? Yeah, we're talking about Mother's Day 1980 as opposed to Mother's Day 2016. uh, Yeah. Jennifer Aniston movie and Mother's Day 2010. Brett Ratner movie uh darren boseman uh that's the remake yeah i was gonna of. say that's the remake of this and then there was happy mother's day love george which is directed by darren mcgavin oh the night stalker yeah wow i'd like to see that one i've not seen it uh got patricia neal cloris leachman ron howard bowie darren simon oakland huh uh yeah i'd like to see that one interesting yeah. don't know if it's available anyway yeah so uh Mother's Day, took me a while to get this. Okay. Because I uh, borrowed it from a friend on the internet. Yeah, so you had to search high and low before you found this friend. Yeah, and it sat there at like 94% forever. <laughs> and I was pretty sure we weren't going to be able to watch this. Right. And then some other stuff happened, and we didn't do a Mother's Day show before Mother's Day. But then I went and looked again, and it, it had finished, so... <laughs> I was like, well, what the hell? Let's go ahead and watch this. And I put it in to screen the first few minutes. And uh, 
I was like, wow, this is this looks like this is going to be fantastic. It couldn't be more <laughs> 1980. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then it's a pretty good cold open. Yeah. It runs like seven, eight minutes before you get any credits. Right. You know, and uh, and then it's a little dull for a while. And then uh, you get this fantastic montage of them exercising while mother tells them things like, get the big one. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I leaned over to Eugenie and said, is it wrong that I kind of love this movie? This is, <laughs> this is a terrible, awful film. And I am entertained. <laughs> Now, here's a question about that. Okay. It's terrible, and I don't know that the movie thinks it isn't. Um, but to me, it was it was too awful and mean to be fun and goofy, but too goofy to be mean and terrible. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. So it's kind of stuck in this weird in-between right. world. Like, the actors aren't... Um, uh, what's the best way for me to explain this? Uh, I don't really believe these can possibly be like backwoods hillbillies. No, but I can't tell what they're supposed to be. Uh, like, like what they might be in real life. Like when you see the Hills have eyes and you're watching the people on screen, the original, mm-hmm. uh, you're thinking oh, maybe these people are really like this. Maybe there's something in street trash. Same way. It's like, are these just a bunch of, you know, really awful homeless people that they just hired for this movie. <laughs> so this is kind of, um, it, it doesn't go so far as to fool me into thinking they can't be anything but this. Uh, so, so there's some stuff about the movie that's kind of stuck on the in-betweens for me, but yeah, I was surprised something like this existed and, and that I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. So you, you, you loved it right away. I don't know if I loved it right away. <clears throat> I, I was kind of entertained but cringy because I was like, I don't know how far this movie will go. Yeah. yeah. Um, this might cross some lines, right. which is always, I think, a good a good thing for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I like to go into a movie thinking, maybe I'll see something I don't want to see. <laughs> maybe this movie won't. We'll go too far. Uh, were you worried that they were going to murder that innocent old lady driving that old car? <laughs> no, I was murdered. I was worried more that it would be too violent to the victims. Right. I worried that, you know, like, ooh, how rapey is this thing going to get? And you found out that she she was not the victim, but the mastermind. Yes. Um, I mean, later in the film with the, with the three victims who do show up, but... Um, I think it was the montage. I think it was the exercise montage that was just like, yeah, this is too out there. This it would be like uh, my favorite film that we've watched, uh, Entrails of a Beautiful Woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> yes, that like it's, it's the film by this, which all eyes are, are measured. Yeah, like this movie is disgusting, but it was also <laughs> put together by like. To fourteen-year-olds, so <laughs> sure felt like it. I don't feel yeah. like it's really malicious. It's just disgusting, and there's something about that that I can kind of get behind. <laughs> so this has got more notoriety in the UK because um, this it, was banned. It was actually banned in uh, and not released till 2015. Yes, yes. This is banned in the Uk in 1980. They got. Released in Australia in 83, 
And then it was banned two years later. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was released in Germany, but it was cut by 14 minutes. <clears throat> Ooh. And that the, the fake blood was on the level of Kensington gore, <laughs> as, <laughs> as far as looking like tempera paint. Roger Ebert went to see this uh, and said, why anybody of any age would possibly want to see this film remains without an answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's one of these films that I don't know that I could recommend. I, I kind of feel bad liking it, but... <laughs> well, um, Bob Martin reviewed this for Psychotronic. Okay. And uh, he says, uh, it is the launderized violence performed by the bland villains of television that makes a violent society livable more than any gore show. Hmm. Okay. And Charles Kaufman himself, as the director said, um, uh, this it's a satire because, the as the mother says at the start, uh, she's she doesn't want anything to do with the actual city. Yeah, actual city folk. She wants to, her idea of a what a city should be and civilization should be, out where she can control it. Yes. So you've got all this consumer stuff piled up around the house. Yeah. And they're always quoting and arguing about punk versus disco. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, there's there's like old TVs piled around, and and you know they've got all this stuff going. It's their idea of what city of what should the be city like. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, because they even have a park bench set up so they right, can right. attack a victim on. And, yeah, and uh, and and, the, and she's kind of training them to to defend her against this, uh, what maybe a mythical relative out in the woods. Yes. So um, yeah, there's a bit of satire to it. So you can it's, it's queenie got a, got a queenie. Yes, that's the big surprise of the movie, other than the fact that the little old lady is not the victim. Yeah, yeah, because it opens and you think these two punks are gonna. I mean, the guy's got like a rope in the back seat. Like, is yeah. he gonna strangle? Yeah, and he, he's grandma? named Charlie. Yes, <laughs> and his girlfriend has no eyebrows. Right, they're both done up as kind of hippie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they look yeah. like hippie killers, and then it turns out they're victims, and you get a decapitation like five minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Yeah, although if you watch it, you can see like blood splatter on her before the knife comes through, the, the machete comes through the window and <laughs> oh. chops her head off. So there's some funny editing there. Okay. And uh, and then it's really brutal. They beat her and Grandma strangles her, and, or Mom. Yeah, Mother. And then uh, you cut to three uh, college girls going out to the woods to celebrate their 10th yeah, they're having reunion, a... or 10th anniversary of graduation, I guess, from college. Yeah, they're having a uh, slideshow and goofing around and then it's off to the camping trip yeah and you have a uh, a great hollywood party staffed with old people who are all uh like producers and production assistants from the film <clears throat> yeah somebody does a lot of cocaine and that turns out to be charlie kaufman's father yes i read and uh <laughs> his mother's in there too his mother's in there too and then i understand that one of the boys and the victim uh, who dies, uh, we're in a relationship. And uh, uh, the director put a stop to it and told him, you have to wait till the movie's finished because I'm afraid it'll affect the, the wonderful acting in this. 
wouldn't want to compromise the integrity, would we? No, no, no. And this, I don't know, this movie, although terrible, has something of a sort of personal vision that yeah, I think a lot of... It's got energy to it. It's got an energy to it, yeah. Whereas a lot of cheapo, kind of exploitive mm. movies don't. And I think this one kind of succeeds. And it's kind of a... There's so many tones to it. I think they generally work. You like kind of got goofy kind of college humor where they're playing pranks and yeah and you've got this bizarre behavior and 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 then it and then you after a while you think oh how dark is this gonna go yeah (laughs) and you worry it gets really dark and mean pretty rare in horror movies yeah Uh, and uh and then you have i i also liked how the uh uh two of the three victims are like rather than going to pieces decide that they're going to get revenge yeah and they go back for revenge and they get it and yeah. they i mean we'll spoil the movie <laughs> maybe sure. they get out maybe they don't right uh but uh i don't know i enjoyed it yeah mm-hmm. she, she does a pretty good job because it's this beverly hills star who's the star yeah she's the one who's the first and, to really yeah and then the mousy kind of friend who's uh overshadowed by her own sick mother mm-hmm. um kind of loses it yeah she, with she, she's obviously seeing her own mother and and you see somebody get smothered with a inflatable see-through <laughs> breast pillow which god <laughs> there was a special thanks to the inflatable there was yeah, in the credits yes I forget what the company was it called. It was something out of New York, yeah. yeah. It was great. There's a Jess Franco film called She Killed in Ecstasy where uh, one of the she kills one of the guys with a... Well, one of the... It's not one of the guys. Spoiler. But um, she kills somebody with a see-through pillow. Oh, it, really? It's not an inflated breast pillow. Oh, <laughs> see, they took it and turned it up a notch. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I wonder if they'd seen that. I'm sure they must have. <laughs> Uh, yeah but well I'm, I'm glad i'm not the only sicko who sort of enjoyed this film this was made for one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. wow yeah yeah i can believe it yeah but they did a good job for good job yeah yeah you know uh, did you like it well you know here's the thing about it uh i i can say that viewing it through sort of the lens of I know it's trauma adjacent. I know it's not a trauma film per se. Trauma adjacent. Yes. Um, I can say that I was able to see it for what it was pretty early on and enjoy it. Um, There's something about self-indulgent hillbilly like weirdos that's kind of like they're out of control and they're doing and saying whatever they want whenever they want that... uh, I watch that stuff and it's like, it's like when, when kids are acting really uh, out of control when their parents aren't around. It's kind of like that. You see Rob Zombie doing a lot of this mm-hmm. with his with his weirdo hillbilly characters. And I kind of wonder, is did he grow up on this kind of stuff somehow? Did, did he have some sort of a grindhouse theater he was able to go to and he saw things like this? Because it, it definitely feels like that showed yes. up. In House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, you know. Yeah. So I kind of feel like it's the earlier, um, goofy version of that, you know. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. Uh, 
it doesn't make any lists for me as far as like, oh yeah, here's a here's a uh, an overlooked gem or anything like that. But I but I can say, yeah, I saw it for what it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know that I could ever like recommend this to anyone. Right. Or I'd want it to be on any list that I wrote down. Yeah. But... I watched it by myself because I knew that you know there's quite an extended tormenting of one of the women. Right. No woman wants to watch this. Yeah. I made right. Jean watch it. <laughs> I was like, it's a film. If she doesn't want to watch it, she can leave. So we watched it, and uh, she's been through a lot on our behalf. Hasn't yes, she? I uh, <laughs> I decided she's an adult. She can leave if she doesn't want to watch a film. Um, there's been an occasional film we watched something called Dark Signal, that was a little too, even though it had some sort of supernatural elements, it was a little too shrieky, a little too victimizing. Um, she, you know, she went and did something else. I didn't particularly care for the film either. But, uh, you know, I did have those kind of fears that this might cross some lines, like I said. But, you know, I think it was uh, goofy enough that it, it uh, I don't want to say it made all that trauma all right, but uh, it wasn't, you know, as serious as I had feared it would be or go as far as I feared it'd be because even the traumatic moments are a little dark humory. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Can you say that certain parts of this movie could have been longer and other parts could have been shortened because I felt like that was the case because I know there are some movies where it's like, this should be an endurance test. This part of the movie. Yeah. You know, in this movie I kind of felt like, Showing us, if they showed us less of the goofy hillbilly brothers, I think it would have made them more ominous. No, I want as much of the goofy hillbilly brothers, Adley and Ike, as as I got. (laughs) You know, I don't want any more. I don't want any explanations where they got a cop car or any of that. You don't want to know why he got a cop car. Yeah. I'm sure there's a dead cop because of it. Uh, Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, but uh, or he is the sheriff, you know? and I thought that I actually thought that scene where where uh, the older brother was chasing the the actress through the woods was well shot and fairly creepy. Yeah, you know, yeah, I worried for her safety definitely because they're going full tilt in the dark. Yeah, yeah, and she's reaching for that rock forever, and mm. and. It borders on almost being funny, but I thought it's it still held the tension, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I I enjoyed that part. I thought that was better than any of the the other sort of overt uh, violence that they committed. I thought that part was was you know pretty intense, um, you know. But overall, I I enjoyed it. I thought the the crazy whatever cat lady queen here whatever that lived out in the woods was an odd addition <laughs> they, yeah they could have done without that, that i could have either done without or built that up a little bit more but right uh, you know uh, were you happy with the false starts we got a few false starts before there was ever any actual uh, well other than the cold open that led into the initial murder yeah when we meet the three um it was three friends yeah uh the college friends when we meet them uh we get a few false starts right out of the gate yeah and uh i think it sort of lulls you into this sense of oh okay well 
they're going to be fine no matter what. And it turns out, no, they're not going to be fine no matter what. Yeah. But the one pretends to be stabbed. Uh, there's the part where, you know, all of a sudden you see them walk into the the gas station with the yeah. paper bag heads. Mm-hmm. There's several things oh, like that. that annoyed me to no end. Yeah. I was like, let's <laughs> take the bags off your heads. Why are you wearing the bags? And then they continue to wear them. I was also annoyed that she bought a six-pack of beer, and yet they left so many cans behind. Like every few feet, they were yeah, in yeah. an empty so, can. Drain a can in five feet and then. Yeah, it was like, is that each person (laughs) leaving one? Yeah. Or is that the same person? And she only bought six beers, but there's like 12 cans out there already. Mm. I assume maybe they already had beer, but. So three, yeah, three friends having a wild weekend on a six pack of beer. Yeah, this movie could only afford one six pack. Right. (laughs) Apparently, these are people who don't drink beer who are writing this stuff. Because a six pack is not going to. They were too busy doing cocaine. I think that's when they what it made was. this movie. Yeah. To worry about beer. Yeah, they're like, oh, that's what people who don't that's snort coke do. That's what boring people do is drink beer in the woods. Right. So, did you see that they thanked the a dentist in this movie oh, in the for, credits? Yeah, for the for, yeah, the, for the teeth for the dental. But it just sounded like they just had some credit that was like dental uh, exams or whatever. No, it was like a. Was it dental consultant or something? It was like yeah they, for the film and and if uh, you don't also an eye, uh, yeah lens. yeah if you don't think about the the fake teeth the guy wears it just seems like they had a dentist on set for everybody yeah he, was he, that a a bonus for the crew or were there a lot of teeth knocked out in the filming yeah. of this but yeah it was it was for his dental appliance and his contact lens he looked lens. a bit like uh, Tim Curry I thought. I thought he kind of looked like um, Chop Top. Oh, yeah. I could see that, too. Yeah. But I was picking up sort of a East Coast accent on that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of made it a little hard to believe that he was uh, a backwoods hillbilly type. So this is filmed in New Jersey. Though. Yeah, it was filmed in Jersey. In is the it, Barrens. Is, is that where it's set as well? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, because okay. they say they're going out to the Barrens. And... Oh, I, I missed that. Yeah. The Pine Barrens. The Pine Barrens. That's where the uh, Jersey Devil lives. And that's where they, a uh, couple of mobsters and the Sopranos left a Russian guy. And they got lost. And then they got lost, and one of them lost his shoes, Polly Walnuts. <laughs> Spoiler alerts for The Sopranos. <laughs> for The Sopranos, for an episode that came out 15 years ago. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I need to rewatch this spread. <coughs> yeah, see listen, if it holds up. Yeah, listeners, get your shit together. Watch the Sopranos if you haven't already. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we all watched this thing very recently, and uh, what do you think? Uh, who can you recommend this to, and who who is just not going to? People who like grindhouse or trashy horror. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was like a a gem of horror movies no but certainly if you want not. something offbeat like if you're into hen and lotter and yeah uh, yeah uh you don't like trauma but you like you know kind of eccentric movies and movies where you're not sure what to make of things yeah there's always tonal shifts and things are uncomfortable but you get through it and there's like some nasty payoff yeah uh, yeah, yeah, nasty payoff. That's a good way to put this film. This it does. It's kind of nasty payoff. It's you know it is. It's 
it's like I said, it's disgusting, but I don't think any of it is like super malicious. A lot of reviews I read for this was like, oh, this is disgusting with its hatred of women. But no. I didn't really feel that watching this. That was my big fear. It's, that it's it a right revenge be, movie, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you have the, the trauma and then you have the payoff of the revenge. Oh, yeah. for sure. And we got sort of a foreshadowing of uh, Jason Voorhees and the women in the sleeping bags. Oh, yes. Yeah, because they're, they're sacked up and dragged away. Mm-hmm. So this, Ooh, yeah. I thought the rope cutting through the mm. lady's hands was pretty, pretty graphic. <laughs> it was graphic. It was definitely unrealistic. I don't think that would happen to your hands. Mm. But I mean, if it was a cable, like a metal cable, maybe. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. A rope can cut you pretty good. Yeah, I suppose and if it were. She was trying to hold yeah, up a hundred. It, it, it'll burn through. I, I've, yeah. I've done. I've had rope burns, but uh, yeah, yeah it, it would like takes skin off but that yeah. thing was going through like it was like a like rock. her yeah like her hands were made out of cake cheese. and yeah. cheese <laughs> yes <clears throat> but it was it it made me wince even yeah. though it was unrealistic oh, yeah. yeah you know it's yeah. one of those horror movie injuries you can identify with you know yeah that's uh that's how uh deep red was i mm-hmm. read that he he made sure he didn't want anything too outlandish but you know, everybody. One guy's killed by getting rammed in the to the desk or whatever. Like yes. Everybody stumbled against furniture and knows it hurts. And right, you know, uh, yeah, it was the same sort of thing. Like, oh, I think everybody's had rope burn or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, so check out Mother's Day if you can find a copy. Mother's Day, everybody. Nineteen eighty. Yeah, I don't know if if this is currently available for purchase on. It did come out on Blu-ray? It came out on Blu-ray at some point because that's the copy I got. But I don't know it if you could. Definitely find it. came out in the UK. Yeah, finally, yeah. twenty fifteen, just in time for the royal wedding, which <laughs> totally you know just it just says that the UK has given up. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. We'll release it. Mother's yep. Day. Go ahead. We'll watch the unsold it. copies in the gift baskets for the guests. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yes. Wedding gifts. Enjoy. Copy of a Blu-ray of Mother's Day. Yeah, you got the, the Jordan Almonds and, and Mother's Day. And Mother's Day. Awesome. Well, that's probably a good place to wrap it up, isn't it? I mean, how much better could we cover this thing? Um uh, I'm wondering, should we talk about Shin Godzilla next time? Okay. I will not be here next Friday. Oh, okay. I am going to New Mexico for a few days. So oh, okay. we can uh, either do it when I get back, or uh, you both can talk about Shin Godzilla. All right. I really recommend yeah, Shin I'll, Godzilla. I'll it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, we'll sort it out when you're back. Uh, I'll be back on t- uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, okay. Uh, I'm leaving Thursday of this coming week, and then I'll be back on Wednesday. Okay, we'll sort so, it out. But yeah. I, yeah, we should all be here for the next one, no matter what. So if it drops a little late, I think our listeners will understand. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll uh, call up Nikki Brendan and, you know, maybe uh, do a follow-up interview. Hey, all right. <laughs> on the phone. Yeah, or have, have Brian back, he's good. Yeah, if he's in town, we would love to. Um, Okay, well, that's a good place to leave it. And uh, hey, listeners, thanks for your patience. I know that this can be a little uneven uh, according to our availabilities, and sometimes you get some surprises, but uh, we appreciate you. And if you ever get a chance to drop in at uh, any event we're at, 
please do. We love to see your faces. We want to hear from you on Facebook. Uh, we're easy to find there. Instagram, we're easy to find there. Uh, we're just chewing the scenery. And rate and review us on Amazon or on Apple. Sure. We'd love that. You know, if you can give us five stars, that's cool. That'll attract other people. Uh, if not, well, that's cool too, because we're not getting yeah. paid for this and neither are you. <laughs> if your name's Diabolic DVD, sponsor us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we need some sponsors. All right. Well, it's a good spot there then. Listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. <laughs>